welcome back to another episode of Doable Discipleship. And in fact, another 40 Days of Prayer special edition episode of Doable Discipleship. Special edition. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Uh, unfortunately, Pastor Rick is still battling not only pneumonia, but double pneumonia, I heard. heard. Yeah. Um, so keep praying for him. Uh, as Buddy said this weekend, let's keep our pastor in prayer as he recovers. Um, Buddy Buddy uh, Owens gave the message this week, which was great. And he, he kind of asked us to remember our spiritual leader in prayer and ask God to teach Rick through this so that Rick has all that good stuff to bring to us as he continues teaching on the subject of prayer as we continue this campaign. But Buddy talked about the purpose, practice, and power of prayer, which was a great message, uh, filling in for Pastor Rick. We love hearing from Pastor Buddy. Uh, it was really, really good stuff. And uh, if you don't know, because you haven't listened to the last couple of weeks of Doable Discipleship, we're doing kind of a message action plan partnership through Doable Discipleship throughout the campaign. So if you haven't yet signed up for the message action plan, saddleback.com slash map. Those are married together this time, Doable Discipleship and the map. Um, so you can get practical steps to do the week following the message on the weekend. So make sure you're signed up for that. Listen to the last couple episodes if you've missed those. If you didn't listen to Pastor Buddy's uh, uh, message this past weekend, go to saddleback.com slash online. You will greatly benefit from hearing that before you listen to this episode, because this is going to be a reflection on that. Make sure you do that. And if I'm not mistaken, you are Doug Jones? <sighs> Don't they know that? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm Doug what Jones. Is this? 22 episodes, 23 episodes in. You're Doug Jones now. <laughs> I'm Doug Jones. Do you guys want to say who you are? Or do you want me to do it? You I think can. I remember your name. I'd rather you say my name. Yes. Your name. My name sounds great when you say it. Okay. Well, let's start off with Jason Wheeland. Here we go. The man, the myth, the legend. Oh, okay. I the was, one who I was brings, like, is the third one going to come? Is he going to say that? No, he okay. brings the He's smell back. of fresh cut flowers wherever he goes. That's true. Wow. You're quite fragrant. It wafts oh. from your hair, which has such I've volume. Never, my hair does need a trim for, <laughs> for, for you. Uh, it's very Colin Firth right now. For the podcast so audience, Colin Firth. <laughs> I could use a haircut. So there you go. And then there's Rob Jacobs, who recently passed through the flame and came out to... Survive on the other side, <laughs> as you talked about last week. Oh, I uh, wasn't yeah, his whole near near miss with oh, the yeah. fire. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That was a, that was an they interesting tried to time. burn my house down, and you said no. I, my house will stand. It will stand. Every day I drive through that area and I see more of how close it got to people's houses, and it's just insane. It really mm. is a credit to the firefighters. I mean, yeah. they did totally. amazing. Yeah, they job, did an incredible so. job. All right, let's jump into this thing. We're talking about the purpose, practice, and power of prayer with Pastor Buddy Owens the weekend of October 21st and 22nd, 2017. Uh, we start off talking about the purpose of prayer. Buddy opened us up with, essentially, why do we pray? This is a, an important question that he covered, one of the three big ones that he, that he did touch on. And one of the big points that he made that I took to heart and that I think is powerful for people to hear is the idea that uh, we exist, whether we like it or not, whether we want to be or not, we live in a state of spiritual warfare all the time. We're in a war, whether we recognize it or not. Right. And he said that there's a big difference between being in war and being at war, that all of us are in war. We don't, we don't get to escape that. There's, there are no, there's nobody who's on the sidelines of the spiritual war that's, that's raging between um, the kingdom of good and the kingdom of evil, between, um, you know, the Bible talks about principalities or powers of darkness that are against God and against everything that God cares about, against God's people. We're in this battle whether we like it or not. We have to admit that. Um, and so he said there's a difference, though, between being a being a person at war versus a person in war. Now, you can be in war and be a uh, what he described as a refugee, someone right. who's sort of caught in the crossfire, who's a casualty of war. Yeah, someone try, trying to escape. escape. Right, just, just trying there, to keep their head yeah. down and survive. <laughs> Versus a soldier, someone who's actively engaged in warfare and who's actually making uh, 
making offense against the enemy. And so this is an important starting place, and he, he segues from this important idea of spiritual warfare and then takes us into Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18, uh, which is on the, the armor of God. Do you want to touch on that, Rob? Yeah, well, um, I you know, think about the armor of God, and you know, so if you look through that verse, there's the belt of truth, the, the breastplate of righteousness, um, the sandals of peace, or the, the sandals of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, or the sword of the Word of God. And what 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 came up for me was thinking about those. Um, Buddy makes this point that this is not just a checklist. That mm-hmm. you know, this is um, a way you live your life. And so I was kind of playing with this idea from after I was reflecting on the message the next day, um, or and just thinking about do these things happen in my life? So more thinking about like kind of evaluating my life through these things. Mm-hmm. So does my life reflect truth. Um, if I want to have the belt of truth, do, does my life reflect truth? Do, am I do I do I know the truths of of God? Do I know the truths of the Bible? Do I know the truth of what a loving God uh, is and how, what it means to love God and love others? Do I know the truth of strength through the weakness? Do I know the truth of the gospel and what it means um, in our world and in our lives? So that idea of looking at these through the lens of does my life and even does my prayer life reflect these things. So I'm not just thinking, okay, I'm going to work today, let me snap on my belt of truth. It's, no, I'm living these things, and I'm praying these things. So what does that look like in our lives? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's a great point, is taking this idea of knowing, but also it's taking it a step further, because it's not just the matter of knowing, as we've talked so many times on this show about the knowledge to character progression, is it's not just, do I know this is, do I know this is, do I know this? It's, is is this affecting my life? Like, is this a part of my life? How does mm. this knowledge play out in my life? And, and how has it changed me? How am I a new person because of it? Yeah. But he talked about how some people see this as, uh, maybe without saying it, as a wish list, but he says it's a checklist, mm-hmm. not a wish list. It's this, this is, these are things that every I believer- wish I had the belt of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are things that every believer has at their disposal if they will, uh, if they will kind of take them up and apply them to their lives daily. Um, so that's really great. Uh, he he took us through the the armor of God, but then we moved into this idea of uh, the aegis. Does one of you want to talk on that? The aegis, yeah. Um, and I do want to emphasize because we had um, issues with this earlier. We were talking about aegis, not regis. So if you are here <laughs> for an episode on Regis Philbin, you are welcome to go watch old reruns of Who Wants to Be a Mil- Millionaire. Yep. Um, but we're going to talk about the Aegis, which is, um, from my understanding of it, it was like a naval defense system, or it, it basically it was these boats that would go out in support of other boats and would basically create like pretty much like a force field, like a dome around its supporting ships and anything that would try to attack them. It would be like, ah, no, got you, got you, got you, got you. And um, it, the first time I heard buddy talk about aegis i think it was it must have been in a staff meeting a couple years ago or something like that and i was like whoa this analogy is super cool when it talks about our prayer life because what we're talking about here is that we are called to be the aegis for our community for for everything around us is we are called to pray for uh, we have a list from Buddy here. It's it's our, our family, friends, our church, community, work or school, in, in projects or events. And that can even include like people in government. It could include people in places of influence. At one point, we did the hand prayer. Uh, um, I think it was 
either earlier this year or last year, and I think it's going to come up again actually in um, the small group study. Yeah, I think it was part of the breakthrough series that we went through. Yeah. It's a part of the breakthrough series, and I, I believe it comes up again um, in the small group study for this campaign. But it, there's all these things that we can be praying for, th- and, and that's a part of our aegis, is we have that responsibility, uh, is, is one of the things that Buddy says, is, yeah. is the realm or reach of authority, influence, protection, responsibility, advocacy. So it's just, it's, it's we are more powerful or, or in our prayer life than we probably even knew about mm. because be, be, you know c- 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 is, is there's no wall on prayer there's no oh that person is too far from me can't yeah. pray for them yeah you know it's, it doesn't work that right. way yeah. <laughs> yeah talk a little bit about those words rob the the authority influence protection responsibility advocacy what did you have to say on that well you know, so one of the things i'm thinking about when i when i'm thinking about authority is authority is really connected to um, who who we are, who has authority, who has influence. Mm. So in other words, it's connected to identity in a sense. So I'm just thinking about, well, who is it that is praying? You know, we know that we're praying to God, but who is who are we that's praying to God? And it just reminds me of the power of our own identity, that we're made in the image of God, that we're formed and set apart, that we're a new creation, that we're no longer slaves to sin, that you know, we are one with him in the spirit, that we are hidden in Christ, that we are children of God, we're adopted by God, um, we are heirs to the Father, we are temples of the Holy Spirit, we are a royal priesthood, and, you know, Paul even calls us saints. Mm. So that is who is offering up these prayers. So you do have authority, because, you know, we as we, as our life is in Christ, this is who this is who is offering these prayers. We're not some, you know, a person that's you know so lowly that God's not we're we are heirs you know we are co-heirs with Christ so mm. this is who is offering up and so God is certainly wants to listen to our prayers just like yeah. a father would want to listen to his child's prayer or a mom the same way it's like you have such authority when you pray um, you have such influence when you pray because of who you are in Christ yeah um, so just that idea of you know don't don't discount you know yourself um, yeah. God's not going to hear my prayers because of who I am. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, at the very end, of when Buddy was talking about this Aegis part, he he says to his prayer invites the miraculous, mm-hmm. and he talks about it, this idea of never take God's favor or His blessing for granted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a it's it's such a big thing, right? Because as he talks about, he's like, if we don't pray, if we don't invite God into these things, then we're just doing it on our own power. That's all we yeah. got is is what we bring to the table. Yeah. But when you pray, you're you're inviting God into that situation too, and that's huge. Yeah, th- this goes back to the responsibility thing for me. Um, you know, we, we sometimes think of ourselves as like physical creatures, and so we think, we typically think first and foremost about what we can do to fix a problem or to help the people that we love or that kind of stuff. But I think one of the points that Buddy was making is that we actually have supernatural responsibilities in addition to our natural mm-hmm. responsibilities. Like I have a natural responsibility to, you know, as a pastor, I have certain responsibilities. As a husband, as a father, I have certain responsibilities. But those may may seem like natural responsibilities, but there's a supernatural element to those as well. And I think going back to that Aegis defense system idea, you know, this naval system that he said it has like a, it's like a 
it's like a three-dimensional sphere of protection yeah. that extends like a hundred I think you said 110 miles, 150 miles. You can track a, over a hundred individual targets on air, land, and sea yeah. at the same time. Crazy. An incredible system. But I he he made a point, uh, it was it was right around the prayer invites the miraculous point that you were just referencing, uh, Jason. He says, Think of the things that are important to you. Imagine what could happen if you pray. Yeah. And then he said, But but think about the the darker side to that. He said, Imagine what might happen if you don't. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think if you if you use that Aegis system as an analogy of our prayer life and the way that we, because the idea behind that Aegis system is that other ships, as you were saying, Jason, would come under that protective bubble. They would enter into that protected right. space. It guards the fleet. Mm-hmm. And so imagine what how vulnerable it makes the fleet if that system goes down. And so to have a to have a a weak or non-existent prayer life to to not be fulfilling that supernatural responsibility that we share as. Christians in our prayer life, it's akin to that system going down and leaving the people that you care about vulnerable, spiritually yeah. vulnerable. I mean, imagine the, like, you know, uh, a submarine is able to take out one of the ships of the fleet because no one bothered to turn the Aegis system on. Yeah. I yeah. mean, to have that capability and let it sit dormant or unused, yeah. um, that's not being responsible. It's almost in some ways being irresponsible. Yeah. And let me throw one more thing on there that I think that I think adds to the power of this is that you know, in this analogy, there is a ship that possesses the Aegis system and the other ships that come under that protection. But if you take that analogy and you apply it to believers, every believer is mm-hmm. equipped with that same system. So now imagine all these overlapping spheres of influence, these overlapping spheres of protection. That's the that's the uh, incredible power that's at the Christian's disposal, that it's not just one ship in that fleet that possesses a system. Everybody has it. We all have this prayer responsibility and this prayer capability. And to me, that that just that just lends this exponential element to this prayer idea that if we if we team up in prayer, that truly, truly incredible things can happen and do happen. Well, it, it speaks to that idea, too, that you're not supposed to do life alone you're supposed to do life in community right because yeah. you're supposed to be praying for other people other people are supposed to be praying for you and that's you know it's it builds on each other yeah right yeah. i was i was struck by the thought of when pat you know you said at the top of the show doug but pastor buddy talked about this weekend we should all be praying for rick and i was mm-hmm. thinking what does it look like when many thousands of people lift one person up in prayer what yeah. what impact can it have not only on rick's health but on the things that God will um, give him in terms of vision and direction for our church. Yeah. And that that Aegis system covering that one ship of Rick. I mean, yeah. that, it's, it's, you know, he, you know it's, it's amazing to think about. Yeah. I was also struck by one of the words Buddy used too is advocacy. Hmm. And I was, you know, it makes me think about, um, you know, if we want to be like Christ, we should be doing the things that Christ does. And what is Jesus doing, right? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, advocating for us. He's pleading for us. And so we need to be doing that as well mm-hmm. as followers. We need to be f- looking at those things that we need to be advocating for in prayer, that we're pleading for in prayer, uh, for the needs, for friends, for family, for all the things, Jason, you're talking about in terms of the aegis, the family, the friends, mm-hmm. the church, the community, that we need to be advocates for those things in prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, shall we move into the, the practice section? Uh, we shall. I didn't know if you were <laughs> that was wanting rhetorical. a response. <laughs> well, there was a pause, and so I was like, I just uh, don't want to. I don't want to uh, like you know pull the plug if you guys still have some things to share there. But let's move into practice. Yeah. The the how to get organized pro- part of the prayer process, and this is where Buddy got really practical, which for a doable discipleship show is really really solid gold. Um, so he talks <laughs> about some some easy ways that we can begin to build prayer into our lives and and strengthen 
the aegis of prayer for each of us. Uh, and I'll just I'll list these real quick, and we can just kind of chime in as we go. Uh, but he has some really great, simple, doable steps. The first one is schedule your prayers. Uh, and, and this could be something as simple as literally put it in your calendar. Schedule time to pray. Mark that off and say, this is this is prayer time. However large or small that chunk may be, schedule your prayers. Have you guys ever like used this practice, or do you find this working for you in your personal quiet times at all? I do. Um, I have a time that I pray, um, uh, usually um, several times through the day. Um, I use what's called the offices. So I'm thinking several times through the day that I want to stop and pray. Hmm. Um and I have a kind of a daily built out list of the areas. So kind of a daily aegis, if you will, yeah. of things. So um, I'll share with the audience. So like daily, I'm always praying for my wife, my son, um, those immediate issues right in front of me. Hmm. Um, daily, I have a list of things that are kind of top of the mind for me that I'm working through um, that I'd like to see, especially during this 40 days. I'm kind of, you know, really wanting to see God move in these areas. Um, for me, Sundays are a day where I pray for the salvation of my family and friends. I pray. It's kind of Sunday for me is like the gospel day. Like I want to see salvation happen. I want to see shalom in the world, peace in the world. So praying for our country, praying for things that are kind of happening out in the world. Um, on Monday, you know, I'm back to work. So I'm thinking about um, kind of here we are in the spiritual mature team. So I'm thinking about my growth. I'm thinking about my family's spiritual growth. I'm thinking about the spiritual growth of this church and praying for those, praying that covering over those things. Tuesday for me is church leadership. So praying for our leaders here at Saddleback, praying for all of our church family. So praying for you members out there, praying that uh, the five purposes would be lived out in your life and that you'd, you'd flourish in those purposes, that you'd grow in Christ in those areas. Wednesday, pray for my small group. Um, I pray for my friends. I pray for, you know, you guys on the team. That's usually when we share prayer requests with each other. Thursday, I'm praying for the ministry of the church. I'm praying for friends at other churches, um, believers around the world uh, facing persecution, just needs of the world and those kinds of things. Friday, I pray for my goals, my ambitions, my vision, my dreams. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm always praying for personal direction. Friday is my day off, so I can sit with that for a long time. And then Saturday, praying for my home, praying for our finances, praying for just a family vision and direction and those sorts of things. So um, there's a lot of things I want my aegis of prayer to cover, but you know you can't sit for three hours at a time. So I, yeah. if I break these up over a day and then with throughout the day, okay, it's like maybe there's three things I'm going to pray for today. Well, I'm going to do one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one in the evening. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things I do. That yeah. goes back to <clears throat> a point that we made last week that because um, Pastor Tom talked about praying frequently. And by praying frequently, you enable yourself to pray more. You can pray for more things if you pray more often. Mm-hmm. And so having your prayer life spread over the week like this allows you to cover more things than you could really do in a single prayer. Right. So, totally. yeah, that's a great yeah. way to kind of partner those two habits. Um, next, so he talked about uh, schedule prayers, and then he talked about turning drive time into prayer time. <clears throat> Most of us spend a significant portion of our lives in the car. So this is a really, really important one. This is why Drive Time Devotions exists, is because there was this empty space in people's lives where they're just sitting at the wheel of a car and they could be taking in God's Word. It's also a great time to pray with your eyes open <laughs> but uh, or pull over. Um, but I find that's a, a great place for me. Um, it's a great place to pray out loud as well because a lot of time you're just by yourself in the car. And I find when I pray out loud, it causes me to formulate my thoughts a lot more. Um, and when I'm just praying in my mind, I find my mind can kind of ebb and flow in prayer and then out of prayer and then back into prayer and out of prayer, which is probably okay. Um, but I find praying out loud in the car is a great way to do that. And if people see you, 
you don't care. You're never going to see those people again. And well, they'll just think, think you're, you're just singing rapping. or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're spitting rhymes. Driving by Doug going, ah, there's Doug rapping again. <laughs> As always. <laughs> Everyone knows I'm a huge hip hop fan. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> turn drive time into prayer time. That's just such an easy one. And I think a good place to start on this one is uh, Pastor Buddy has shared before. Pastor Tom talked about it last week. Uh, that first two minutes idea. So maybe you don't say like well, every second that I spend in the car is going to be prayer time. Maybe it's just the first two minutes when you get into the car. Yeah. It's a oh, great yeah. start on that habit. Well, you know, I think one the car is a great place also to do a little listening. Mm-hmm. So you know, part of the part of our prayer time, we want to make sure we're including time to hear from God. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for me, the car is a time just like the radio's off and you know five six minutes of just listening, just be yeah. silent and hear what God has to you know say back. Um, it's easy to do in the car. It's surprising too when, when because you're in the car <clears throat> and you're moving at a relatively high rate of speed, certainly within the speed limit, as <laughs> all of us would always of forever do. Um, but you take in a, an, a pretty big piece of the world when you're driving as well. And, and I always find there's lots of stuff to pray for when I'm driving, you know, like, you know, you're coming up, up and up. You, you hit a traffic jam or something like that. Instead of your immediate reaction being, what idiot is causing this traffic jam? You could you could see those flashing lights up ahead. Pray for the person who may be hurt. Pray for the people who just got in a wreck. Pray for, you know, pray for the people that yep. you see walking by on the sidewalk and that kind of stuff. Like like Buddy talked about, I think it was under this point, how in his drive time, he'll pray for the churches that he passes and ask God mm-hmm, to bless mm-hmm. those churches. He'll think about his family and he'll he'll use that time to reflect. Sounds good. Yeah, anything? Well, I have a thing that's it's 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 related to this point, but it's not related to drive time because oh, okay. uh, for me, there's other times that fit well, and for and for you guys listening or watching, there may be other times that fit well for you too. Mm. Like for me, a, a great time for prayer is when I'm in the shower. That's just for some reason seems to be a great prayer time for me. I'll take it. That's and my that, thinking box. That's your. Thinking I do a box. lot of thinking in the shower. Yeah, you sit there and go. Hmm. I've had a lot of spiritual breakthroughs in the shower. Your, I yeah. kid you not. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. And then um and then for me like it takes me a long time to fall asleep. It just does. I don't fall asleep quickly. It takes me a long time. So so what often I'm doing in bed as I'm trying to sleep is I'm trying to wind down my brain kind of thing. So a practice that I've kind of gotten into is I'll go through like the letters of the alphabet and I will pray for uh, as many people with that letter a first name as I can think of. So like I'll start with A and I'll see how I'll, I'll think of everybody I know that starts with the letter A and I'll pray for them and I'll could go. And then if I fall asleep in the C's, then I'll pick it up. Do you know many Quincy's? Uh, I don't particularly know any so Quincy's. Your name starts with Z. You're basically out of luck no, on that's prayer so for not true. Stay you're never going to get there. Stay awake to Z. I've, Do you ever reverse it? Maybe I don't know Z. any Z's either. No, Z's? that's I know. No, that's not true. Zoe? I know a Zoe. Hey Zoe, um, <laughs> I do know a Zoe. You know a Yancey. Um, yeah, uh, Rob can keep going. Wow, this is this is <laughs> he's no. got more. No, I haven't got, but I do. I pick up the next day. I'm like, okay, I remember. I around the seas, I'll pick up at seas and I'll go on and go back and forth. So that's, cool. that's a good There's idea. There's other like times that. that you can do it too. I've always found that as soon as I start to pray in bed, I fall asleep rather quickly. And I think that's just Satan being like, <laughs> I do not don't pray, go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will put you to sleep. <laughs> All right, that's good stuff. The next one, he talked about setting up prayer reminders. And I put in parentheses monuments here because this, mm-hmm. this makes me think of Old Testament uh, practices a lot where just, there's this constant practice of setting up some sort of visual uh, symbol of something that occurred or something or a reminder of something that happened or should be remembered. Uh, and setting up a prayer reminder, a prayer monument is great. He, he told his, his Jack Hayford story, his mm-hmm. old um, his mentor who used to kind of label things in his yard and 
each thing represented a person that he was praying for. And I love that. It's a powerful story. Yeah, it's really cool. I think this is such a good marriage between just like the way human brains work in this physical world and the spiritual responsibility of prayer. It's like a good marriage of those. You're using the physical to empower and and strengthen a a spiritual discipline. Um, But I I thought that was a, a great, great one. We learned buddies. Buddy's a birch tree in yeah, Jack's yard. Yep. Yeah. But that's a powerful story. Joyce and I both uh, were really loving to hear that one. So setting up reminders, having having some cues that you establish in your life that will prompt you to pray for certain people or certain things or yeah, certain issues. Yeah, you know, um, like habit research and memory research will show you that kind of technique will actually increase exponentially how many more things you can remember. Mm. So that technique is, mm-hmm. you know, if you want, if there's a lot of things you want to remember to pray for, you're not walking around with a list everywhere. So um, with using those kind of memorials, um, either in your yard or on the way to work or whatever that you see in the car, like that's an excellent way to remember to pray it's for. the triggers. To yeah. have a wide aegis, to have a big yeah. aegis. Yeah. I joked because we live in a condo with a tiny yard, so I thought if I if I developed this habit, it would be like, well, that bush, a really? one minute prayer. <laughs> I'd have to break down the leaves on my bushes to turn, like a leaf has fallen. No. Anyway, uh, so yeah, prayer reminders is a great one. Use you can use any object to to sort of prompt you to pray for someone. Uh, next, pray for drop in visitors. He said, and when he said drop in visitors, he meant. Visitors that pop into your brain. He said he calls them visitors because they <laughs> pop into his brain out of nowhere, and then just like that, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had some great stories on this, but uh, I th- we, we all know what it's like to be going about our day, and suddenly someone pops into our mind seemingly out of nowhere. And I think it's safe to assume, or at least best to assume, that if that happens, we should assume that God has placed that person on our heart, and we should we should pray for that person. Mm-hmm. And um, and even take the step of letting that person know that you've prayed for them. That was an important aspect that of was, this. That was a cool exercise he had the whole the whole church do this yeah. weekend. And he talks about that uh, That accomplishes multiple things. Like, for one, it it strengthens your habit of prayer. Uh, also, it it um, invites supernatural help for that person. And third, it it encourages that person once they know you've prayed for them. You know, it, it may, he said they realize they're not alone in whatever they're going through, yeah. no matter how big or how small. So I, I did that. I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled the phone out. I sent the text and then literally got a text right back. <laughs> and I sent it to uh, a volunteer I used to serve with at the Rancho campus. And then just like, hey, I'm thinking about you or praying for you is what Buddy asked. Mm-hmm. And he texted right back. He's like, I just got done talking with another pastor about... <laughs> something he was asking me to consider in terms of ministry and like mm. your text felt like confirmation. Yeah. Like, oh, I should, mm. I should step into this. So I was like, oh, that's kind of yeah. cool. Oh. You know? It so says cool. you're in my aegis. Yeah. It says you're under my protection mm-hmm. today. And I think that I'm carries a lot yeah, of weight. I'm your advocate. Yeah. yeah great. So those are powerful, powerful points. So that's the, <clears throat> that's the practice of prayer, some, some doable steps. And those are, those are four great ones. Um, there's, on the, oh, go ahead. Well, there's one thing that he brought up I thought it'd be interesting for us to maybe kind of think about for a moment. He was talking, Buddy was talking about confession. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I was just wondering, like, for you guys, what does confession look like in your prayer life? And maybe, you know, there might be a nugget or two our, our audience could, could mm-hmm. glean something from. Well, I, I try to be in the habit of starting every prayer with confession because I feel like I want to I want to tackle the things first and foremost that may be alienating me from God. And we know that, you know, theologically speaking, that we're made right with Christ and, and that it's through his sacrifice we're made right. But there, we, we do know, too, that there are issues that can hinder us in our prayer life. And we do know that 
that sin in our life can be a can be a barrier in our prayer life. It can be a barrier between us and God in terms of the intimacy that we can have. So I always try to lead off that way. Uh, and I try to get as specific as I can because it's easy to go just, you know, forgive me, I'm a wretched sinner and that kind of <laughs> stuff. But I think that's a place to, to get specific. So I try to, I try to itemize as much as I can. Um, and f- there are lots of like recurring things. Like for me, it, it a lot of times comes down to matters of pride and arrogance because that's the stuff that lives in my heart the most that I'm always trying to wrestle down. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are, that's, that's a area that, you know, that's kind of a area of focus for me for a long time now. Um, but that's one of those things that keeps rising up. And so for me, uh, I, I've accepted that kind of like Buddy was saying that um, there's no end to confession. Confession needs to be a regular part of our prayer life because though we're saved by Christ and we have the Holy Spirit, we still, we're still continuous sinners that need to be made right, um, which will I kind of take us into the righteousness idea that we'll come to in just a minute. But did you want to add to that, Jason? I was just going to say, I think, I think one reason, because I'm like you in a way that I tend to lead off with that, you know, in confession. So, and I think a big, a big reason for that is because anytime else that I'm talking with God and I haven't confessed or whatever, or talked about that kind of stuff, that's always in the back of my mind. It's always there. And so I can never be fully like available and present in conversation with God, I feel like, unless I've talked to him about the thing that's gnawing at me, which yeah. is this, I know I'm doing something wrong, or I know I did something wrong, you know? So yeah. it's it's hard to enter into that kind of conversation yeah, and be like, I'm going to talk about this other stuff first. I know I did something wrong. I'll get I'll get to that, you know? Yeah. So yeah. to me, it's... So I me, see it in relationship terms that way. I mean, if, yeah. if I was trying to have a conversation with someone, like if Rob and I were trying to have a conversation and I knew I had wronged Rob in some way, I it, it would be unproductive to try to continue the conversation and have a productive talk without first tackling that issue, which I think even goes to the, I don't know which, I don't know which of the gospels it's in, but we're, um, we're told, you know, if you're, if you're going to make a sacrifice to the Lord that, and, and you realize that there's something yeah. between you and someone else, you should make that right. I think that rule applies to that. God as well, where we, we go, you know, before I start making my requests to God and all this stuff and try to take advantage of, of, of his offer to, to be with me in prayer, I need, to, I need to get right the thing that's wrong between us first, no matter how small it may be. And that's something we talk about a bit in Class 201. That's yeah. a big part of the prayer section. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what I liked about what, that kind of uh, insight that Buddy had that the the daily bread part of the Lord's Prayer actually mm-hmm. precedes mm-hmm. the, you know, asking for forgiveness part. And I was just like, it just shows again uh, the just the power and love of Christ because you, know, you see that through the Gospels too. He, he, he heals people and then says, go and sin no more. Yeah, like, it speaks so, to the grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah just totally. the, the grace. Again, grace upon grace upon grace. So yeah. I like to, I do this... Um, Thing called the examine, which is kind of an old Ignatian prince um, uh, practice, and so at the end of my day, I kind of walk myself through some of these things. Um, Pastor Rick had used this. There's that verse in Isaiah that says, "Whoa, I'm a man of unclean lips," and mm-hmm. so it's kind of the the woe, like, okay, what are the things that happened in my day? And like you said, mm-hmm. I like to get real specific. But then there's the low, right? Mm-hmm. It's like low, you know. That's Isaiah realizing who he is. Yeah. And so I always go to a promise, like r- remind myself who I am in Christ, what are the promises that God has made for me, hmm. and then kind of go that, you know, um, God's who will go for me, and Isaiah's like, I will go. So yeah. that kind of like I get to go into the new day um, just knowing that, you know, I'm God's child, and 
uh, they'll they'll yeah. be they'll be work and ministry for me to do as a father and a husband and yeah. You know, as a, and so those kinds of things have just been helpful for me at the end of the day. Yeah. One thing that he said that I liked is that uh, it's, it's typical for a reaction if we, if we know we've sinned, we know we're in the wrong with God, to just not pray. It's, it's mm-hmm. tempting to just not approach God in prayer because of the shame that we feel because of that or because we feel like he isn't going to want to hear from us or whatever. But I love the idea that um, prayer is the right reaction for, for a sinner. That if you've done something wrong, don't cease praying. In fact, go to God in prayer, confess that, and then re-enter that quick relation or that that close relationship with Him. You know, He talked about you know how Satan is the the enemy of God. He's your enemy as well. That you may have that feeling that you know God is righteous and holy, and I'm unholy and I'm unrighteous. I should withdraw from my relationship with Him. But um, He made the point like, since when? is Satan the guardian of God's righteousness yeah. and the guardian <laughs> of his glory, you know? Like, yeah, no, he's he's not telling you those things so that uh, you'll get right because it's the right thing for you to do or the right thing to hear. He's telling you that because he wants to alienate you from God. So so fight that instinct. Go against yeah. it. Fight that ancient instinct to hide yourself when you've done something wrong. I think Bring that's it out. important. That's important. I think Buddy makes the point, too. Just in the end, whether you pray in the morning, whether you're <clears> confessing <throat> before or what, just but confession is part of it. It's Confession yeah. is part of prayer. Yeah, but it's a, we must remind ourselves it is not the prerequisite for the answer. Yeah, yeah. it's not the prerequisite. You know, yeah. our, that's who we are in Christ. Is that's going to deter, you know be the, be the part that's that connection again that goes back to that authority idea. Like who who's yeah. praying to, who's praying to God? Well, we are. Yeah, saints. You know, mm-hmm. saints who still sin, but saints. Yeah, and that was really the point that Buddy ended on um, when he rephrased James five sixteen and talks about the effective prayer of a righteous person has great powerful and produces wonderful results or the the NIV version he had here the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective <clears throat> he broke that down with the bald guy's paraphrase which you should go back and listen to um, that's always a good one that's classic but um, I like that he ends on this he ends with a question that he shared that he personally has struggled with which is if the prayers of the righteous person are the prayers that are heard, the prayers that are answered, then what does that mean for an unrighteous person like me? And he talked about how we have our righteousness in Christ, that the righteousness of Christ has been applied to us, that our record has been expunged. And and he, he used a phrase that I jotted down that I thought was good. He said, it's not about earning, it's about inviting. You're not trying to earn your place with God because that was earned by Christ. What you're trying to do is to invite God into your life. You're trying to invite him into um, your your spiritual process through prayer. Um, so anyway, I thought that was a good closing bit. Do you guys have anything else to say on that? No, that's uh, that was. You got some good doable steps. Let me go back yeah. and reread those those really important uh, practice of prayer points that that buddy made. I think these are ones that are that bear repeating. So remember to schedule your prayers. So carve out time for that and and really establish that in advance. Now, of course, you can always pray incidentally. You can always pray off the cuff, but it's really great to have some scheduled prayer time as well. Um, turn drive time into prayer time. Set up prayer reminders or monuments. And pray for drop-in visitors. Pray for the people that pop into your mind. Somebody might be doing that right now. And if nobody is, then pray for Rick. <laughs> and you can even throw us in there, too. We, we need we'll it. take it. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> we definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we need plenty of it. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching or listening. We're so glad to have you. We'll talk to you next week. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. 
Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.